Welcome back to Wholehearted, where we feel things all the way. Here we share stories of full-bodied commitment to the people, places, things, and ideas we believe in, for better or for worse. I'm your host, Hannah Ray Leach. Sim, my singular mission would be to find and sustain the love of my life. And I didn't even have a real romantic partner until college, so pining and yearning to be seen by someone romantically was unfortunately quite central to who I was for far too long. I was incredibly messy about my crushes all throughout my childhood and adolescence. I got in trouble for kissing a boy under the playground slide in first grade. I wasn't even allowed to sit in a room alone with my fourth grade crush. My mother did not trust me, even back then. In fifth grade, my teacher was in on my sneaky in-school relationship with my friend Cameron. And I lived for it. I wrote love songs. I wrote episodic teen romance novels. I drew and redrew iconic shots from Disney princess movies. Snow White being woken up with a kiss, anyone? And I feel like this keeps coming up on Wholehearted, but I would go on vacations with my family during my awkward teen years and tween years and hope that some cute man would notice me in like that way that you do when you're 12 and that he'd be my boyfriend. I am not exaggerating when I say that the idea of calling someone my boyfriend and being in a real relationship was really my secret core reason for living. I was forever yearning to experience that certain level of elusive and world-shaping closeness between two people that seemed to make the world turn. We could unpack that and all of its problematic elements, but I'm not particularly interested in doing that. The point is, I love love. And that whole lifelong love and partnership thing, I know this is kind of gross, but I feel like I may have found that in my current relationship. And that's really caused me to reflect on what it means to truly be a romantic. Is it about attention? Is it about potential human connection? Is it about declaring to the world, hey everyone, someone picked me, I'm not going to die alone. I posed these questions to my friends and wholehearted listeners, and I got a lot of good answers. Love is fake, but I want it anyway. I want to be seen and wanted and admired. You know, it's just a story that people tell you. I think like Whoopi Goldberg, why don't you want to get married? And she's like, I don't want anyone in my house. And I'm like, that's a whole ass mood. Like, <laughs> What I look for in a potential partner is someone who is definitely married, um, has multiple children. I mean, someone who has the scent that resembles that of my father, probably. Okay, I'm kidding about that again. This is a difficult question question for me for some reason. Um, I guess I look for someone who is confident and who shares my values and interests. But one person in particular really inspired this episode of Wholehearted. Her name is Kristen, and she has an undying hope for and investment in true love. Yes, a thousand times yes to quote Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) I'm definitely a romantic person. Ever since I was little, I've always been obsessed with the romance in any Disney movie, in any book I read. Yes, I've had a crush as early as daycare. It's nuts. 
As we all take solace in stories of faraway places, past time periods, and riveting romances as we trudge through this pandemic, Kristen's enthusiasm, sparkle, and zest for life are particularly inspiring. I encourage you all to get cozy for this episode. The most efficient way I can describe Kristen is to say that she is a lot like a real-life Disney princess. She's also someone I spent countless hours with in high school. As a soprano one, she was always cast in romantic leads and ingenue roles in our high school drama club, and always presented very femininely and was incredibly gentle and kind in a very believable way. We weren't particularly close during high school, but with the birth of Wholehearted, we discovered something that we have in common. A deep connection to the sincere and hopeful, and a shared history of being romantics to an extreme extent. We started off by talking about how juicy and fun a new love can be. I'm just wondering, like, if you get excited, like, imagining just, like, whatever could happen next. That is my entire life, Hannah. (laughs) I swear, I'm always, like... I'm a daydreamer. I love, like, that's why I love romance novels. It brightens my mood. I feel so much better when I hear a good love story because I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, that could happen to me someday. So what does having a crush feel like to you? Oh, girl, um, it is, it is so fun. I love having crushes. Like, sometimes when I have nothing going on, I'll just be like, ugh, I wish I had a crush right now. Like, even if it was... (laughs) Like, I don't even know. Like, I'll, like, make up a crush. Like, that's when I'll be like, you know, Harry Styles looks really cute. Like, I'm going to crush on him for a minute. Um, Again, a delusional thing that it's probably not healthy for me. But anyway, um, yeah, no. But crushes, crushes, like, give me a glitter in my heart. Like, it's just this, like, sparkle. Like, I feel, like, really happy when I have a crush, too. Like, I... I'm always in a good mood. Like, yeah, I love crushes. Crushes, crushes make me my best self. Honestly, same. I, I love a great crush. Duh. Kristen is known for her hyper-romantic stunts. I asked her to tell me about some of them. I was talking to this guy, and we were talking about, like, donuts. We had known each other pretty well at this point, too. So uh-huh. it's like, you know, it wasn't, like, that weird. But Basically, I asked him, like, what your what his favorite donut was, and he's like, oh, I just like glazed. And I was like, glazed? Okay, I mean, they're great. Like, don't get me wrong, but, like, <laughs> you can get glazed just about anywhere. I was like, then now my question is, like, which place has the best glazed donut? And I straight up went to, like, every donut shop in our little radius of an area and I got a glazed donut and then like the next day I saw him I handed him the box of glazed donuts and I was like here taste test tell me which one's the best donut you know (laughs) which is so over the top and silly but it was like an inside joke between the two of us and it was like supposed to be like kind of fun and like oh my gosh you got me donuts and he was just like oh okay cool and I was like well (laughs) nope not you That's so funny. Yeah. Wow, yeah, not the one. Now, all this might sound extreme to someone who doesn't know where Kristen is coming from. But this is simply par for the course when it comes to her sense of fun and romance. Take her first real relationship with her high school sweetheart. After a summer of being camp counselors together and numerous afternoons spent geocaching. We were just trying to find excuses to hang out together. Uh So then... um, 
towards the end of summer, he left for band camp. And, you know, after weeks of us being together, I was really starting to miss him. So I found this, like, weird comic thing, and it said, I wish I could write, I miss you on a rock, and throw it at you so that you knew how much it hurt to miss you. Which I know sounds kind of violent, <laughs> but at the time, it was just, like, our style of humor. So then, like, flash forward to the end of band camp, when he, like, comes back to perform for all the parents... So the show is over, and I'm finally reunited with him, and we go to hug each other, and as we, like, break from the hug, I reach behind my back, and I hand him the biggest rock I could find in my backyard, <laughs> which I had written, I miss you on it, with a Sharpie, and I just, like, handed it to him, and he was like, oh my god, no way wait right here and he <gasps> runs back to his car and he pulls out the biggest rock he could find at Van Camp too. Oh. And, <laughs> and when we like exchange rocks and it was so cute. That's so cute. <laughs> and that was just the beginning of their fling. These adorable stories, like actually very adorable stories, honestly go on and on. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty parched for wholesome content these days and basically always. So I'm just going to let the cute stories roll. This one also involves her high school sweetheart. We went to this local carnival that happens in our hometown every year, Home Days. Uh, and towards the end of the night, we wanted to go on the Ferris wheel. And I just remember waiting in line, and it was really sweet because there was like a young kid in front of us who would turn around and ask us, like, Are you his girlfriend? Are you like dating? Do you like each other? And we were like, Oh, no, no, like, child, oh we're just, we're just friends, we're just here at the carnival, <laughs> you know, like, but both of us were, like, blushing and looking away, not making eye contact, um, and then as we were getting closer to the Ferris wheel, the guy who was running the Ferris wheel just saw right through us, he knew exactly what was happening, and I swear, before we got on, he either, like, pulled him aside and like gave him a pep talk <laughs> or what? he like yeah like patted his back or something and then like we were on the ferris wheel cart uh just going on up and then we're about a quarter of the way up and all of the lights in the carnival just suddenly dim and go out and we're kind of like what's going on but then by the time we're at the top the fireworks show started, and oh my God. it was right there at the top of the Ferris wheel under the shimmer of fireworks when he kissed me for the first time. And it was so sweet and romantic. <laughs> the best story she told, though, has to do with a certain musical that we love here on Wholehearted. You know the one. It was after school one day, before a drama club rehearsal started. Angel of Music from The Phantom of the Opera, which was my favorite musical at the time, is just playing beautifully and echoing around the theater. I walk in, and all of the lights in the theater are off, except for a spotlight that has been shown on the stage. And the spotlight's kind of dancing around until it hits a vase with a single rose in it. And there's like a little note right next to it. 
and I just walk up to that rose in the vase and I pick up the card and the card says something very sweet on it but then it it's like a clue it directs me to the back of the theater where I need to go up to the light booth to like find my next clue and it was so funny I'd like I'm walking up and then I see like the guy's best friend and like our like stage production director uh, standing there and they're both like cross-armed like smiling at me as I walk past (laughs) and like they had all been in on it and I like go up the stairs and that's when I come across another vase with a flower in it and then candles and another note and also a flashlight and the note says another thing that's like super super sweet and then it says go up to the catwalk and find your next clue and so I walk up to the catwalk I turn on my flashlight and I shine it and I come across the Phantom of the Opera just kidding it wasn't the Phantom it was my high school sweetheart with a big bouquet of roses and he was wearing a half mask just like the Phantom and he's like hey what are you going to prom with me (laughs) ultimately Kristen and her high school sweetheart broke up but stayed on good terms. She moved from Ohio to Texas for college, where her romantic adventures got to take on a new life, especially with someone who we will refer to as the French guy. But yes, my French fling was really fun. He was just super cute, romantic, and adventurous. Uh, we actually met at a karaoke bar, which is kind of cute. <laughs> um, and it's and it was crazy because uh, this doesn't happen to me a lot, but like, I swear, I walked through the door of that karaoke bar, and it's like his eyes just locked onto mine, and he like saw me from afar and like didn't break the eye contact for the rest of the night. And it was like the kind of, oh, and I learned this from my Texas friends like, you have to like look at the guy and look away and all that stuff. <laughs> and it was like the first time I really like felt like pursued like that. And I was like, what is going on? It was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, this guy's yeah. into me. This chance run in with the French guy at a karaoke bar escalated into a major relationship. Classic Kristen to somehow wrangle a dude that she met at a bar into real good boyfriend material. And it sounds like he really was just that, a good boyfriend. So we go to the show. It's like so much fun. At the end, they invite everyone up to come on stage and they're like, come on, you can now dance with us. So I'm like, oh, this is be fun. <laughs> I find out that this guy is like an amazing dancer. He's like twirling me around and we're like laughing and having like the best night ever. And he walks me home and I swear, like we didn't even want to say goodbye. Like I, it would like we would like kiss and then like say, okay, well, I gotta go. Well, this tonight was so fun. Oh my gosh, it's like been so fun. And then we like kiss and then we like say goodbye again. And like we did that like three times because it was just like a night that I didn't want to end. But we did end it because, you know, it was just, it was time to go. Oh, she's such a lady. Kristen's had some pretty special like rom com level moments. But I had to imagine that with high points that incredible, there must have been some pretty low lows. I asked Kristen if she's ever had her heart broken. Yes, uh, and it actually was by the French boy. Um, so, and it was bad, Hannah. It lasted like a solid year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, the reason why it didn't work out between me and French boy is that I think at its core we were just at different stage of life. 
Uh, when I was, I was 22 when I met him and he was 28 years old, which really isn't that big of a difference of an mm-hmm. like, you know, for an age gap, but he was really looking for someone to settle down with. So like get married, have kids. And I'm gonna throw this detail in there, but he was also kind of like hoping to, you know, get a green card too. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but, but like, yeah, he really needed to like settle down and settle down soon. I tried to convince myself that I was ready for marriage and all that, but I really wasn't, you know, I was just starting life. She said that the worst part was watching and feeling the relationship crumble beneath her, like a slow dissolving. He just became completely distant and like disinterested, you know? So like his texts would start getting a little shorter and like he didn't laugh at my jokes as much anymore. And he would end our dates a little abruptly and it was so hard. And I remember our last date, uh, which I, and I knew it was going to be our last date because it was, the writing was on the walls. I just, I just knew it. It was so obvious that that he was going to end it. So I like rehearsed and wrote some parting words, which were basically just about how I understood where he was coming from, because I really did. And and I, I also told him that I would always care for him, because I really, I really will and always will, you know, because he yeah. meant a lot to me. And I remember when he, it was happening, he, he said like, you know, I'm just 29 years old and I just really need to find that person who I know I can just settle down with and at that moment I like completely blacked out because it was happening it was ending I remember walking home in like high heels in the snow I know it was the longest walk home ever uh, but and it was so sad and my heart was absolutely broken I thought he was the one like I really did like he just checked off all the boxes and he was so fun and romantic and I felt so comfortable around him and it was so hard to like let him go The idea that she could believe that the French guy really was the one, and at the same time intrinsically know that it wasn't going to work, really piqued my interest. I really do believe you can make it work with anyone if both parties really want it to work, but how much are you willing to sacrifice along the way? I guess my question is like, you kind of touched on it already, but did you ever, throughout that breakup or like really leading up to that breakup, did you wrestle a lot with the idea of trying to convince yourself that it was the right thing? And like, what were some of like the arguments you would make to yourself? Yeah, a hundred percent. I would convince myself every day that I could make it work. It's like, I feel like I was so scared to like tell him well I I was probably scared and I also wasn't convinced that I could be like hey I can be that like committed person for you for the next one to two years like I I because I would say like I really am someone who if I find that spark with someone if it's love it's love and you like you know if it's your person then you let life figure itself out for you but like if anything I just think like he didn't choose me at the end of the day I don't think it was my choice, really. In spite of her broken heart, Kristen felt like she emerged from that breakup smarter, wiser, and more in control. If anything, I've learned that I have to put myself first in order to get that happiness. Like, I want love more than anything in this world, but <laughs> I it's not something I can guarantee for myself. Like, and I can't guarantee a lot of things for myself, you know, like, but I can work really hard and get the job of my dreams. I can, 
go and travel the world and see places, places I've always wanted to see. Those are things I have control over, but bumping into someone in the street or meeting someone out at a bar are things that I can't plan. I'm I, the last thing I'm going to do is settle. I just know that like it's so worth it if you wait for it and you really just give it the time and you find the one that really can the one or just like a person that can really give you that and make you happy and they just completely understand you there's too many examples to not believe it you know what I mean I just see too many happy romantic people and like they've loved each other for years and I just I know I can get it so I'm gonna like be very patient with myself and like not rush things and um wait till I find that person As you're listening to Kristen, you may be thinking, I bet she imagines herself ultimately in like a loving power couple type scenario with kids and a family and a house by 35. And a few years ago, you would have been right. But the past few years have altered even the perspective of this princess. I like wonder if it'll happen to me just because of, well, you know, just society is just modernizing too and like their approach and marriage and, Uh and kids too. Like, I mean, I don't want to get too dark into kids, but I've like, I've completely switched my opinion on kids. Like for a while I was like, yes, I a hundred percent want to be a mother, which I do want to be a mother, but now I'm like, have this weird conflict where I'm like, should I bring a new life into this world? Which is like really dark. But as I get older, yeah. As reality grows weirder and weirder for all of us, keeping up morale is hard. I know I've learned that firsthand over the past year. But if someone like Kristen, who loves love more than anything, can keep up her hopes in a world with a lot of obstacles between her and her dream, maybe we can all do the same. Kristen said that even if she ultimately won't have kids or a home or the life she imagined back as a teenager, there's still one thing I can get, which is which is love, which is to like love someone else and have them love you back. Um, that's all you need for a relationship. Do I ever fear that I could never find that and be alone for the rest of my life? Sure. You know, definitely crossed my mind. <laughs> but I just, I just believe in it so much. And I feel like the hopefulness in me like draws it to my life too in some weird magical way. So that's what makes me a romantic. I just like wholeheartedly uh, believe that I will have that romance in my life in some way. So, what is love really all about? Is it about those butterflies in your stomach? Or, as Kristen very aptly put it, the glitter in your heart? Is it sweeping grand gestures, like the Phantom of the Opera asking you to prom? Kissing on a Ferris wheel during a fireworks show? Small moments of connection and inside jokes, like writing a note on a rock? Or is it having your heart broken and coming out of it with a stronger sense of self? I think, and Kristen seems to think, it's all of those things. But for those of us who love love and romance, the biggest part is hope. Hope that you'll lock eyes with someone across a karaoke bar, or that a friendship will grow into something more. Hope that you'll find someone who loves you for you. Hope that you'll become the star of your very own love story. And hope that something great can and will happen, even to you. May love be with you always, XOXO. 
This episode of Wholehearted was written, hosted, produced, and engineered by me, Hannah Ray Leach. Huge thanks to the princess of my heart, Kristen Capusta, for her storytelling in this episode. She is a legend. As always, this episode was mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman, and story edits were provided by Isabel Robertson. Wholehearted's theme music and episode music is made by Josh Perlman Hall, and our show artwork is by Ayana Cheston. And I love every single one of those people. If you love the show and want to help support its existence, head over to patreon.com slash wholeheartedpodcasts and join the club. I uh, have a lot of fun posting there, and I have a lot of stickers, and um, I want to mail them to you, so please sign up. There'll be another episode out four weeks from today, one month from today, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and I will see you next time.